4: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today.
3: Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and
4: me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
5: From UFOs to ghosts and government cover ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know.
0: Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt.
6: And I'm Noel. And I am Ben. And most importantly, you are here, listeners. That makes this stuff they don't want you to know. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, then we hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Wait. If you're listening to this the day it comes out and you celebrate Thanksgiving, we hope you had a good
0: one. That's correct. If it was just Thursday, we hope that worked out for you. Mm -hmm. Do you guys, have you ever... I, this is just a question sure sure have you guys ever deep fried a turkey for Thanksgiving and do you celebrate Thanksgiving I've been
5: witness to said turkey deep frying yes it was good I mean you know it was a fried thing I could you know I got mm.
0: it wasn't extra moist it was pretty moist that oh, word. You have to be uh, careful when you deep fry a turkey,
6: right? Yes. And there's a there's a set, certain set of procedures,
0: and the tastiness of the turkey all hinges on uh, on that. And uh, you don't want to throw a frozen turkey into oil that is extremely hot, because you will be blinded. When you know fires. Yeah, actually, it's funny because you see this thing on my
6: hand, listeners. I'm holding up my right hand uh, for the guys here, and. There is a series of, like, four or five puncture wound-looking things on the side uh, between my index finger and my thumb, and it looks like a bite, right? Yeah, but it's not, right? No, it's it's actually from trying to fry a turkey cutlet because I... It's a grease bite. It's a grease bite. I yep. got bit by the grease. Speaking and, of grease. Yes.
5: You know what they say about the squeaky wheel, right? It gets the
6: grease. right? It puts the grease on its skin. Ah... And, or else it gets the vote again. Uh, yes, today we are talking about something that correlates to our most recent video. Congress. We're talking about Congress today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so the first question, first things first, why, why do we, why do we have a Congress?
5: I guess I can take this one if you don't mind. Um, so the United States federal government, you' we're being real proper here, mm-hmm. uh, was purposely separated in three distinct bodies entities, if you will, legislative, executive, and judicial. This is all kind of basic civics class stuff. Um, under this arrangement, each branch was given the ability to check and balance the other. So it's sort of like one hand washing the other, et cetera, mm-hmm. so that no branch becomes more powerful than the other, which is called separation of powers. Um, and it's the basis of the entire American system of government. Also applies in all cases except for one, which is the presidential pardon.
0: Yeah, the separation of powers is extremely important when looking at how the United States functions, how it was formed, uh, how it was formed and how it functions. Yeah. And the, that, that whole idea of the presidential pardon being one of the only things that is an exception to these three powers working together to try and make sure nobody has too much of it. That is a unilateral decision
5: the president mm-hmm. can make for his own reasons.
0: Basically, Yes. And, and the only situation there have been some controversial ones. Uh, I, you may have heard a couple of times, at least recently with the past three or four presidencies, people who are maybe acquaintances or uh, friends, maybe even family who have been uh, pardoned. From... not to mention that
5: turkey that he pardoned. I mean, let's come full circle
0: oh, already. Every year, yeah. eating the odds. I wonder is it the same turkey?
5: I think or it's just it's a the... stand-in for all turkeys, you know? That um, might be it.
0: Yeah. That might be it. But there is one other thing that is kind mm. of in, in a nebulous world outside of these these three powers working together and that is the executive order, which interestingly is it's almost like a suggestion to the other uh Powers Right. To the other three that the executive office can say, hey, we we would like this to happen. But an executive order cannot be given to the actual citizens of the United States. Like uh, President Barack Obama couldn't say X and then each citizens within a state have to do that or each state has to do that. It's right.
6: a
5: proclamation.
6: Yeah. yeah. It, can, it also cannot be um, cannot be directed at Congress or at the Supreme Court. So you can't say sign an executive order saying that now there will be 11 and a half justices, and one of them will just do 20 hours a week.
0: Yeah, so it's given – sorry, just to mm. clarify, it's given to an agency, right? Right. It's like the EPA, the DOT, something like that. Exactly.
6: Uh, and the the reason that we have this complex sort of rock, paper, scissors – system is to enforce a, um, a, a kind of check and balance idea. And what that means, which every, again, as Noel said earlier, this kind of early civic stuff, it means it, it is meant to keep one branch from controlling everything. Uh, however, you know, I know there are a lot of people in the audience will say, well, yeah, that's good. That's a part of the beauty of our democracy. Funny story, you guys. Technically, the U.S. is not uh, really a democracy. It's not a direct democracy. A democracy originally is a form of government where people decide policy matters directly. So every time the U.S. would make a decision, all, oh, all 300, what, 30-plus million of us, would get together and say, well, I, you know, I guess um, we've got this bill here about uh, standardizing the size for straws, and uh, I feel like they should be thinner.
0: A democracy like that, or a pure democracy, sure. even some people call it a dramatic, uh, direct democracy. Mm-hmm. That may be something that you remember hearing about when the Occupy Wall Street protests were happening, and you would actually have groups of people... Uh, who would make proclamations but they would take turns mm-hmm. uh, did you guys ever go down to yeah. one of those oh yeah it was fascinating to see it working at least somewhat working on principle mm-hmm. but i cannot imagine that functioning on you know with 300 something million people trying to do this right yeah
6: there's uh, and <laughs> that's what the founding fathers of the us thought as well but
5: then if we're not a true democracy what kind of government are we
6: who is this tiny scamp? Well, never mind. I'll answer your question, lad. The US is technically speaking a republic because what we do is we vote or other people to go and be our representatives, right? To have our opinions. So we'll say, okay, this person represents a crap load of people in Vermont.
0: Yeah, but they're all kind of the same, right? So it makes sense that one person would represent them. Sure,
6: yes. Uh, <laughs> if you live in the U.S. and you vote, you're only really rep- voting for that representative. Um, and we talked about how you'd have to vote for every decision of policy. The founding fathers thought that democracy, direct democracy, was a terrible idea. Instability, crime, dogs and cats sleeping together, revolutions, theft of
0: property. Mob rule. Mob that rule. is one of the biggest problems that could happen. I mean, especially if, gosh, it's so horrible to even think about, but the disparities in levels of education and understanding throughout humans, I mean, mob rule is terrifying.
5: No, and I think we take for granted that that we have not really had to experience too much of that.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. We we really do. I don't think I've experienced mob rule in any situation.
5: I mean, well, there's know, there's like a going to a concert for example where you sure. get let's just picture going to a concert and you get swept up in a mosh pit yeah. and you're not into it at all, yeah. but you just you kind of have to just go limp and go along mm-hmm. for the ride. that's probably a, a simple version of what mob rule would feel And then like. yeah,
6: that's good. That's good. And then there's Reddit. Oh, yeah. Uh, shots fired. Yeah, that's well, more of circle jerk action. So we could say, if we add an adjective, we could call it a, some different kind of democracy, maybe a representative democracy, because we elect representatives and those are the people that we're going to talk about today. Interestingly enough, though, it could also be called a constitutional democracy because the Supreme Court, according to the Constitution, appointed for life, not elected, never fired, say whatever they want, and it's a law. That's a little weird, I mean history is going to look back on that as at the very best a compromise, sure <clears throat> so uh so, how did this all work out? These people that we you know today democracy is often used to describe a government that gets its power from the people mm-hmm. and is accountable to those people when it comes to use of the power. And if that's the thing, right, if the folks that we're all sending to Washington each election our, are our conduit to the hallowed halls of power, how's it working out? How do people feel about Congress? Well, Ben, people f-
5: hate them. <sighs> that's true. Here's a good stat. I love this with every ounce of my being. Um So according to 538.com and Public Policy Polling, In 2014, Congress held a staggering 13% approval rating. Now, if you're not into polls, that might just kind of roll right off you. What does that even mean? Here are some things with a higher rating. One, Jar Jar Binks. Two, dog poop. Three, traffic jams. Four, cockroaches. Five, completely unfair in my opinion, Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts. I'm a huge fan of Brussels sprouts. And six, Nickelback. And you know, I'm almost tired of ragging on Nickelback. I think it's it's gotten old. They've
6: really been through a lot.
5: They really have.
6: Really, guys? Really? I've n- no one's making me listen to their music.
5: Just look at this photograph. <laughs> look how sad <laughs> the singer of Nickelback looks. I know,
6: right? I feel like Sarah McLachlan needs to come in on the side of that photograph. Yeah.
0: I was at a Halloween party in 2013 and there was a house mix of music that was going on mm-hmm. and there was a tiny little computer in one of the corners. Uh, in this living room area that was playing the mix. And Chandler, our coworker, would go over and throw a Nickelback song in the mix. And the owner of the house got so angry, and not in a jokingly, like, funny, ha, 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 that's funny you're doing that. He was so pissed because he did it four or five times. Mm -hmm. After the
5: Dude, I've never seen someone so upset about some music. And again, this guy probably prefers Nickelback to Congress. To Congress, yeah.
6: (laughs) You know, and also it's strange because a lot of people don't participate in voting. Uh, every four years, people will turn out to vote for the president. However, that is not that's not playing the game to the full set of rules. Right. You're supposed to vote for the person who is supposed to represent you. However, a lot of people don't do that. So. With, so there is a little bit of irony in there. You know, would, would people vote for Brussels sprouts? I think I would. I think they're tasty.
0: Especially if you pair them with a little honey.
5: Honey?
6: Yeah. Little preserves? Mm, So So what we'd like to talk about a little bit today is, uh, why people often don't, uh, participate or feel like it's useless to vote and why, uh, why Congress is so very, very unpopular. So what is it guys? What, Don't people like about
0: Congress? You're right. It is crazy that uh, that that is our real power as a citizen, three citizens of the United States right here. You listening, if you're a citizen, I mean, that is our, at least on paper, that is our power, right? it's, It's a very important right on paper. Absolutely. Well, one of the reasons that people don't vote and for a while there I didn't vote is apathy. Because it feels like it doesn't matter. Especially if you live in an area the way votes are counted. If you live in an area that is predominantly one way or the other way because we have a two party system. Or if it's gerrymandered, yeah. Yeah, gerrymandering is a huge issue. It
5: honestly doesn't matter what my opinion is if I don't fall in with the majority. I mean, we live here in Atlanta, which by all accounts is a, you know, something of a cultural hub. There's a lot of, you know, film activity that goes on here, a lot of music, a lot of interesting culture, but It is a sliver of the overall, you know, makeup of of Georgia and we can vote till we're blue in the face (laughs) and uh, it's not really going to keep things from turning red. Well, yeah,
0: well, but that again, it doesn't really matter what side you're on because you could say the same thing about certain areas in New York, right? I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just like in from the opposite direction, of course. But I think that for me, at least in my experience and for a lot of people I know, that feeling of apathy that you can't
5: actually do anything and it, it's a meaningless power. Agree 100%. Not personally agree that that is definitely a factor.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then another thing I think that a lot of people don't like about Congress, if we're talking about the average voter, is that there's a disconnect. It, it doesn't seem Representative, you know, like the average age for a member of the House of Representatives is around 57. And for the vast majority of our listeners, uh, many members of the House of Representatives and Congress are going to be, uh, financially in a much different place.
5: What was that stat you mentioned about the, the income of a member of Congress?
0: Ah, uh, yes. where it brackets they, them? They're, they're put in the, 5th percentile, I believe, of all incomes in, inside the United States. And that's just what they get paid for being a member of Congress and for – or, you know, in the Senate in particular.
2: Isn't that about what the president makes? A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season – Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's
3: me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio
1: app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace.
7: Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: I think the president makes around 400000 a year.
5: 400000 yeah, Because I just have this memory of when, from when I was a kid, and my mom told me how much politicians made. And I remember thinking, that doesn't seem like much. You know, like, I, I would think they'd be gajillionaires.
0: Well, <laughs> turns out. Well, and the thing is, that it... There are a lot of benefits. That's what I'm saying. Amazing Turns benefits, out, right? You've
5: got a lot of opportunities to become Gajillion. Yeah,
0: especially then if you're on the board of a couple of things. You know, I mean, there's, I believe there are certain restrictions on some of that, but uh, as we are going to find out a little
5: later, there are ways around it. Which I think brings us to another point about why, sort of related to the apathy about why people are distrustful of Congress, is there's, I think, a pretty palpable sense that these folks aren't necessarily in it for the greater good. They're in it for their quote unquote constituents and they're in it for their special interests, you know, and kind of like, you know, to, um, propel their financial, you know, interests
6: or their, yeah or their career, their quest Mm -hmm. for power, their consultancy. So the, um, yeah, this, this brings us to some disquieting things, right? Who are the true constituents? One thing that, we've joked about on this show before is you know how race car drivers wear sponsorship patches. Oh It'd yeah. It'd be great if uh, elected representatives had to wear those too. You know, I remember this. Yeah. This is a great idea. I'm, I am less and less jovial about it as we
0: go on. Cause it seems like a better and better idea. Each time we bring it's a it up. fantastic idea. You know, well, yeah, the way a just – this is my frame of reference. A UFC fighter or an MMA fighter has a big banner that has all their things on it. If they – when they go and make a speech, it just had to be behind them at all times. Yeah, so they, what's they wrong with that? Think about that. that. They'd, they'd have to
5: really go fine
0: with the print on some of <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? So maybe just make a bigger banner. Right.
6: <laughs> so, yeah, maybe just make a bigger banner. Maybe that's the problem with this country, right, ladies and gentlemen?
5: <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need a bigger banner. Hey,
0: uh, you could uh, create jobs. Doing that. I'm just
6: saying Mm -hmm. that's true. I was just thinking about the graphic designers who would be working on that. Here's the thing, though, with Congress, a lot of uh, the rank and file voters amongst, uh, you know, that's a group that we put ourselves amongst. Mm -hmm. A lot of the rank and file voters see Congress as somewhat above the law. And this came to head with an insider trading scandal for a long time. Insider trading was just fine with
0: Congress. Well, yeah, I mean, when you could keep it quiet and nobody's really talking about it, The with the nature of lobbying, you've always got hand-holding, right, and negotiations going on between the congressional body. I mean, and, it's just a hot tip, right? It's fine. Maybe. I got, I
5: got a hot tip.
0: But, but it becomes a problem then because when we're talking about constituencies, then are they really looking after the people they represent, or are they looking after the people, the hand that is giving them some money and that's how a lot of unfortunately that's how a lot of voters see it without
6: knowing every single congressperson i can't really say uh i i I can't really speak to it but it is a popular and widespread opinion that these representatives or these elected officials are not representing the people so much as the um the powers and we came we we saw this really great thing, uh, the intercept published, um back in what May or something this mm-hmm. year. Uh, <clears throat> you may recall that, you may recall that a few years ago, uh, Congress got in trouble with the insider, uh, trading stuff that we were mentioning. However, uh, lawyers last summer in 2014 filed a brief claiming that an SEC Security Exchanges Commission investigation of insider trading had to be blocked. On principle. Because lawmakers and their staff are constitutionally protected from such inquiries.
0: Given the nature of their work, because they are constantly in contact with these lobbying groups. Right?
6: Remember that thing about checks and balances? It was also because insider trading probes would... Violate the separation of powers between the legislative and executive branch.
5: That seems so counterintuitive to me. It just seems like it's a rule to keep there from having to be any rules. <laughs> I don't know.
0: But there was this thing called the stock act right. in 2012 that was passed by Congress and it was, it meant to try and uh, enforce some of these things, right? To stop insider trading. Mm-hmm. However, at the moment that they that it actually started being acted upon, it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on guys. We come on now. Come on now. We're Congress.
6: Uh so I was thinking instead of doing an ad today, you guys, uh could I tell you a horrible a horrible joke that I thought I wrote?
0: That you thought
6: you wrote? Mm, I'll explain. Okay. <laughs> knock knock.
1: Who's there?
6: Two To who? Uh, actually guys, it's to whom? You son of a- (laughs) I'm sorry. It's such a (laughs) terrible joke. Uh, and it has, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. It's just a little bit of levity there in place of, uh, an ad until we hear back from, uh, what was that, what was that other group called? Uh,
0: Illumination Global Unlimited. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like to refer to them as IGU. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it later. I don't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, this on is air. an off
6: air kind of yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, here's where it gets crazy because as you might have guessed, ladies and gentlemen, Congress is the subject of a lot of conspiracy theories, some big, some small, some I think completely true and then some that are kind of wild. And then some there are somewhere in between.
0: Yeah, and these are apart from the general stories of corruption that you'll hear on a micro and macro scale all across the Internet. Oh,
6: yeah. We're talking about stuff like JFK, ladies and gentlemen, John F. Kennedy, uh, and the, the House Select Committee uh, on Assassinations, right? The HSCA that yes. investigated both
0: Kennedy and Martin Luther King. Big deal. Yeah, and it's something that we've talked about for – on numerous episodes. Yeah. And it's a fascinating time when those things were – when the the House Committee – gosh, what is it? The, the Select, House Select Committee. The House Committee
6: on Assassinations. <laughs>
0: okay, yeah. When they were doing their thing, just because uh, for people who were reading along at the time, again, not me, 83 over here, um, they – you're following along with this news, and it just seems like there is information that, or you're not getting all of the information.
6: Right, yes, or that it
5: is changing at Ooh. the time. Yeah. So the HSCA actually met from 1976 to 1978, and then finally in 79 issued its final report that concluded that Kennedy was probably assassinated by the mafia and that the CIA was lacking in its investigation.
6: Right. Yeah. That the CIA did not actually in assist, even in the limited role they were required to assist in. And uh, a lot of people had the. uh, Here's the thing. So they did say that they believed there was a conspiracy to assassinate. John F. Kennedy. Mm -hmm. They said that they did not think any anti-Castro groups or necessarily internal groups were involved. They couldn't find out who Oswald was connected to. And he's got some very interesting adventures before that, uh, before that year, uh, when he performs the assassination. Some weird traveling. Yes. Some very strange traveling. And many people have studied this or looked at it in either an attempt to prove their pre-existing opinion, or in an attempt to find out what actually happened.
2: A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile... Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
3: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave,
7: Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So this
6: is one of the crown jewels, I would argue, of the reason that historically people don't necessarily trust Congress, regardless of uh, what political stripe you like to paint yourself with, uh, regardless of your philosophical differences on the nature of federalism, et cetera, uh, you know, if you get the idea that your own government is is shooting your heroes,
0: then, uh, well, yeah. you're not well, going to trust them. Strangely enough, though, in this instance, this is the House of Representatives saying that, hey, your government is... Like may have had a hand in this or they, at least they said there was a
6: conspiracy,
0: right? They, they didn't. They don't give files. you anything. Well, in the next, the next thing is what I think makes the Congress seem even less trustworthy, uh, right? Yes. Because it, this, the report in 1979, it not only consisted of the full report, but also 12 volumes of appendices on both
5: assassinations and, uh, and that was published by Congress. I did have one quick question. I just was wondering if, uh, either of you know how many pages this report was. I'm just always kind of amazed at how massive some of these official documents are. And, you know, when you think about wow. how easy it is to kind of slide things in there when there's that much just absurd overload of information. Hmm.
6: Interesting that you say that, um, that you say slide, slide in there because it's a, it's about one page. Uh, single sided. Really? Yeah. So they could slide it under doors. Wow. <laughs> no, it's 12, it's 12, uh, 12 <laughs> volumes. And then they had a single volume summary report. Mm. Okay. So without getting an exact page count for you, it's, uh, it's a dictionary. Got it. You know, it's huge. Um, and I would say that a lot of people probably
0: didn't read the whole thing.
5: Uh, Or got someone to read it for
6: them. Or got someone to read them for them, which is pretty common there.
0: Uh, What I was going to finish with, with the however, just to throw this back in, uh, just mentioning that there are, there's still a lot of information that we, that exists that was found during this House Select Committee on Assassinations that is still locked away. Mm -hmm. And it will be released if the sitting president decides that it will be released. And it's this uh, date that will just continually be pushed back until a president decides that hey, it can come out this year.
5: How does that work? I mean, if it doesn't occur to a president to even consider it, does someone just like put it in front of him and say, "Hey, how about this thing?" He's like, "Yeah, you know, let's keep pushing it." Or he's well, like, you know what? I'm feeling spunky today. Let's 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 go ahead and let it out there.
0: I would say it's a highly calculated decision. Because, some, you know, some people know what's included in those documents. And depending on how it's going to affect things politically. So he's being
5: counseled based each on... Each president yeah. since
0: this commission, yeah. Based on what's
5: helped. going on politically, you know, um, strategically. Yeah. Probably not the best idea to let this
6: mm-hmm.
0: out. Same thing with aliens, dude. <laughs> sure it is. It says Matt's brain.
7: <laughs>
6: yeah, so it, it's strange because we we talked a little bit about this and without going too far into a JFK episode or something, Robert Blakely, who was the chief counsel of the committee uh, changed some of his views. And in a 2003 interview, he is, he strongly comes against the CIA and says that I think all of their statements and representations are sus- suspect. And I think the CIA was obstructing justice and I'm just going to read this quote if I can. Mm-hmm. I, like, well, I no longer believe that we were able to conduct an appropriate investigation of the agency and its relationship to Oswald. We now know that the agency withheld from the Warren Commission the CIA mafia plots to kill Castro. Had the commission known of the plots, it would have followed a different path of in its investigation. The agency unilaterally deprived the commission of a chance to obtain the full truth, which will now never be known. Jeez. So I, I don't want to go like with the rest of the quote, but Congress was fighting to Congress is an entity fighting itself, you know, yes. because when, when we talk about these reports and the secrecy and the, the secret interpretations of laws and stuff, there are a lot of people in Congress who are fighting against it and saying, Hey, this is ridiculous. How can we hold people? Um how how can we hold people culpable for a thing that is not like they're not allowed to know about that's a bizarre thing agreed, and it brings us to one of the last points so we don't want to go on too long uh mass
0: surveillance huh mass surveillance mm-hmm. because when it's decided that mass surveillance can happen, guess who makes those decisions guys Is it null no? no oh. I wish, I wish it was, well no, no I don't. Who I, makes, I don't who makes those decisions? <laughs> Am
5: I gonna have to let go of this particular delusion of grandeur?
0: Well the, the laws obviously are, are decided by the Senate and by the, well, by the House of Representatives and then the Senate. And it's one of those things where these are our representatives deciding whether or not our stuff is private truly private or not. And this gets into a huge conversation about, Hey Ben, what's the future of privacy? Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> are we doing it? <laughs> I mean, we can't, time? I think we have several times Everybody on this show. Knows
6: how I feel about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's a strange and horrible thing to think about how quickly privacy is just not going to exist very, very soon. And how, how recent, uh, it
6: was historically, mm-hmm. you
0: know? I would say go back to I think it was was in our conversation uh, about the deep web mm-hmm. where we really got into some of that stuff that might be a really good episode to listen to if you're interested in this mm-hmm.
6: agreed. I have a question for you guys before we close this out. We did have another story about someone in Congress being obsessed with conspiracy theories uh which which we might have to hold for a later day. There were just a lot of searches for it. Uh, but I, I have a question for you guys. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to hear a laundry list of things uh, your congressperson won't tell you? It sure. up a show? Yeah, sure. Okay. Of course. I found this as we were, as we were going in. Uh, all right. So this is by a couple of former senators and former House reps. Uh, in many cases, lobbyists write the bills. Yes, we've heard this, right? John Uh, Oliver. Five or ten lobbyists per congressperson for a high profile issue. Uh, and then let's see. Most of the staffers on the Hill are in their early to mid twenties. Why is that? I guess they're the people who will work the hours. Is that? Interns, man. Interns, yes. Uh, and then as soon as uh, someone gets to Washington, whether a Republican or Democrat, their party pulls them into a retreat and apparently tries their best to brainwash them. Like, all progress is built on beating the other party.
0: Yeah, party lines, man. And you can see that happening and getting increasingly, increasingly more so over the years. And uh, your calls and emails do matter
6: probably more than you think. Every one of them is assigned to a database and, or there's a database that tracks everyone rather, and then when somebody's going out to vote, they'll ask for that number of how many people are for it or against it. Wow. Um and let's see, uh, it's against ethics regulations to make fundraising calls from a congressional office, so a lot of people go to another office just down the street.
0: You know, I've seen, I have seen, when we were in DC, Ben, do you remember seeing all of the other, like, uh, official offices for mm. congressmen, but not officially congressional offices. Right.
6: Yes. Yes. And it's it's weird because there's so much. There's so much stuff going on that is accepted as traditionally the rule of thumb, but is not necessarily in an in an explicit written form mm-hmm. in a legal document. Uh Anyway, those are just a few things that I thought were important <laughs> to know.
0: I just want to say i I'm just imagining, okay, so we already know that a a huge amount of time for any elected official is spent campaigning for the next time they have to come up for election, right, right, yes, and now I'm just imagining all of all of our elected officials having to leave the office, like they have to go it'd be like taking a smoke break and having to walk you know to another building or something, mm-hmm. but every time when an election season comes around, instead of focusing on what. Their representatives want or need to be passed. Yeah. They're just in the other office Mm -hmm. doing their thing. But I guess they can do congressional stuff from that office, right?
6: Yeah. And then they're also – it's true. And there are also also members of Congress who are just busting their humps to make a a positive change or to accurately represent their constituents, by which I mean the people who voted them into office. And And if
0: you have a list of those people, uh, we would love to hear it. Well, I, I also think it's just, easy,
6: it's easy to beat up Congress. You're That's right. It's true. an easy target. It's an easy target. Also, it's, uh, for the right person, it's, it's a tremendous responsibility and it's a tremendous opportunity. But are you, what's that? Are you? Oh, I would never get elected. You know that, you know, I don't I'd, know. I'd never get elected. I don't know. I don't know. A null would get elected. I don't know if I would get elected.
5: I'd vote for you. Yeah, I think I a lot of people would vote for just to watch the world burn. <laughs>
6: see what you do up there, Thanks. man. Yeah, that'll be my uh, that'll be my slogan. Uh let's let's wing it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <If> you <laughs> let's
0: just see
5: what happens. I can vote. <laughs>
6: uh,
0: oh wow. Uh, I can I can imagine you being in a public office. I'm not sure how to feel about that statement, Matt. No, like not – I I think you're extremely dip- diplomatic. Oh, thank you. And I think you could actually work with people. And I think you could get your way, Ben. I think you could,
5: you could unite the aisle. You guys are the, way
6: too <laughs> nice. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. Okay, so I'll agree to run for office. If one of you guys will help me out and run for the same office in the opposing party. Done. Okay, so we can still get whatever we want. Oh, Done. I'll be yeah. the
0: craziest – I'll be the craziest well no, that that can No, backfire. no it, just, it doesn't
6: matter who gets elected, man. We can still do <laughs> just, what we were going those, to do.
0: And the other one's the right hand either way. It's like donating to both parties. Okay, know. done. All right. That's what the Koch brothers do, right? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. George uh
6: does George Soros do that or I'm he, pretty sure. I don't know what it's I don't know what it's like. I haven't been in
0: that rarefied air yet. It's like any bet, right? I mean you gotta bet a little over here, a little over there.
5: The payout's gonna make up the difference. I, you know, I think you're on the right track.
0: For yeah, that,
5: for that air up there.
6: You know, I've I've never gambled in like a casino. I mean, that's good. I've done like I've done Russian roulette. You know, just a <laughs> little lot. Oh
0: yeah.
5: Oh, all right. <laughs> you said you ran a Russian relay.
6: Is that I did. Saying? I ran a Russian relay, and I don't speak Russian, so it was hilarious. That must have been tricky. It was tough. It was tough. Uh, guys, we're gonna get out of here. Noel, uh, you've been kind of you've been kind of quiet. Uh, to do you want to have the final word? Oh, real quick, you guys already know this. We say it every time. We'll just cut past the small talk, Facebook, Twitter, conspiracy stuff. We have a website stuff. They want you to know it's where you can see all our podcasts. The last word goes to you, Mister Brown.
5: I guess I would just you know, I would encourage people to cut through the apathy and try to do some research and figure out. What issues are, the, are most important to you? And, mm-hmm. you know, cast your vote accordingly. Just be part of the process if you can. I mean, I understand that it's it seems futile at times, and I feel the same way. But we, you know, if you look at what's going on in other parts of the world, we are very, very lucky to be in a situation where we even have the guise of any kind of voice. So take that for what it's worth.
0: Excellent,
6: Noel. It's very optimistic, you know that's a pretty good way to end the episode huh I think it I think we're done hey Matt uh, one last thing if somebody has an idea for an upcoming topic or they want to react to this or let us know what their opinion of Congress and they don't like all that social media rigmarole uh, where should they send
0: the email so what you do go into the nearest bathroom you can find look directly into your eyes in the mirror and then just whisper it really
5: quietly conspiracy at has done to- this topic and other unexplained phenomena visit youtube.com slash conspiracy stuff you can also get in touch on twitter at the handle at conspiracy stuff
2: a new season of bridgerton is here